I'll try my best. Good morning, everyone. Um, when James told me to preach today, I was nervous. I'm still nervous. So if you see me shaking, just ignore it. Uh, but I thought to myself, what better way to share than to share a testimony of what God has done, right? And so I'm going to be taking you into my life about, you know, from like 10 years back to six years back, and then we'll make our journey back to today. All right? So just be patient with me. If my voice spikes at some point, I'm just getting excited. Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, I pray, my earnest prayer is that the Lord will bless you through this testimony and someone will leave here more encouraged than they came in today in Jesus name. And uh, I just want to thank uh, James and me and the eldership of Lifehouse for giving me this opportunity. I do not take it for granted and hopefully I can make you guys proud. All right. <laughs> thank you. Lee. Okay. So I was born into this lovely family. I knew love from when I was a child, and um, I had this amazing father who literally took care of me. All my needs were met. I didn't want for anything. Whatever I needed, he got for me. Whatever we needed, you know, it was always provided. And I remember one time things were a bit hard, and a lot of things were beginning to happen. And he had a conversation with me one day. And I was really young at the time, but, well, I was a teenager, so in my mind, I wasn't that young. I was an adult, but I was going to find out different later on in life. But then um, he had a conversation with me one day, and because I was worried about my school fees and how things were going to be met, you know, and he told me this statement. It might sound extreme, so just bear with me, but this is what he said. He said, even if... I was a madman roaming on the streets. I will make sure that your needs are met. And it stuck with me. And I believed him a thousand percent. I believed him because up until then, he had never given me a reason to doubt. And he hadn't filled me yet. So I believed him. Now, fast forward, uh, probably five, six years later, due to um, some series of very fortunate events, um, I had my devotion three days in a row, and God was telling me, I will take care of you. Do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. And um, I was wondering to myself, why is God telling me this three days in a row? But I was, due to my relationship with God at the time, I knew that God was saying something pointedly at me. And um, I just couldn't figure out what it was, but I was like, okay, if you say so that's fine and then two weeks later my uncle comes to school it was a sunday morning and he's like oh we have to travel home i i was in school i was in school three hours away from where i lived and i was like what's wrong what happened and he's like no just come with me i was like nah something happened and then he said well did you speak with your dad and i said yes i spoke with him yesterday he was traveling home to surprise my mom for her birthday the next day he was like, yes, well, unfortunately, he never made it home. He had an accident and he died. So at that point, I kind of realized why God was telling me he was going to take care of me. 
but I didn't quite figure it out at the time. So we go through grief, everything, you know, happens as it does. And things, can you guys hear me? Okay. And things continued and things progressed. My life progressed. There were hardships on the way, but I still believe that God was going to take care of me because he said, sir, I go to Nairobi for my undergrad. Things went well till I was done. And then I came to Canada for my master's. Now coming to Canada, I didn't even know how I was going to make it because my mom was working at the time, but what she was getting paid wasn't even enough to like take care of my fees in Kenya, but God provided. So, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, of course, God has been providing. I'm coming to Canada. I got a fellowship that covered the complete amount of my tuition. So I was happy. Yay. God provided. I still believe he can provide. Right. And then I show up in Canada and within days of my coming to Canada, I just knew that something wasn't right. So I started to feel sick. Um, things just weren't going according to plan. Imposter syndrome hit me hard. For anybody who's ever experienced imposter syndrome, you just feel like I'm not meant to be here. This is not my place. Why am I even here? Hit me really hard. I started to feel sick. I started to experience a lot of vertigo. I'd just be moving and I just feel like I just feel faint, you know. And because of that, a lot of things then affected my education and how I was, you know, keeping up with my course load and stuff. And by the end of that semester, I lost my fellowship. So you would think that this is when I remind myself that God said he was going to take care of me, right? Again, uh, the word of God is really nice. And it sounds like, yay, hooray, when things are going all right. But then when you hit a rough patch, it's really hard sometimes to remember what God has said. And that's really where I found myself. And I'd grown up in a Christian house, and I'd known the importance of tithing from when I was a child. And I used to tithe from when I was a child, actually. And when I was in Newfoundland at the time, because that's where I did my master's, uh, time to tithe, and I'm like, Lord Jesus, you're going to understand if I don't tithe today because I really don't have anything, right? And I just went with my life that way. And I hardly had anything, to be honest. My whole grocery for the month was about, I, I used to have like $20 left by the time everything was done. And I was meant to fit on that. Dollarama was my best friend. That was where I found everything that I needed to eat, bread. Um, I can never forget those tiny Vienna sausages. Does anybody know those? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> some people, so some people understand my struggle. But yes, that was, like, that was my source of protein. Forget about eggs and milk. Who needs those? Those are for the week. I had like almond breeze, the marked down Dollarama one. That's what I ate. And God helped me. So in my mind, that's God providing for me, and that's it. But tithing, I'm not going to do that. And then um, one day I was reading my Bible, and... I read Genesis 28 um, from verses 11. I read 11 and 12 all the way down. But I'll just read now Genesis 28, 11 and 12 and verse 22. All right. So 
Verse 11 says, at sundown, he arrived at a good place. That's Jacob now, uh, just to give context. This is Jacob was running away from his father's house because he had just taken Esau's birthright and Esau was seeking to destroy him, right? So he's running away. And it says, at sundown, he, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and laid down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God coming up and down the stairway. Sorry. And at this memorial, uh, so announced verse 22, it says, And at this memorial pillar I will set up, I have set up, will become a place for worshiping God. I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So just to give um, a broad context of what happened. So he slept there, he had a dream. We all know how that went. And he wakes up and he says, uh, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to give God a tenth of everything that God has given to me. So I was sitting down and I was thinking, I was like, wait, but I'm not sleeping with a, pil- with a stone for a pillow. And how come I'm not able to tithe? How come I'm not able to give God 10%? So that day, I decided in my heart that I was going to start tithing, right? Sounds great, until my paycheck came. And then my paycheck shows up, and by the time I took out my tithe, paid my rent and all of that, I had $7 left. And so I was like, $7, this is going to be great. How am I going to do this? Maybe this is not the time to tithe. But then I told myself, I have to tithe because I've promised God that I'm going to tithe. And so I decided I was going to tithe. So the very next Sunday, I went straight um, I went straight to church, put in my tithe so I couldn't take it back. Came back home. In my mind, I'm thinking uh, one of my uncles is just going to call me and be like, hey, it's been a long time. Here's some money. And that didn't happen. And then I even called some of my uncles. I was like, hi, I just want to say hi. And they're like, yeah, bye. And I was like, God, where's the money? (laughs) I'm just going to provide for me. (laughs) And nothing happened. And then I just resigned to myself that you are doomed. $7 to feed plus emergency funds, right? $7. I was like, how am I going to do this? Then I was going to school one day, went downstairs to pick up my laundry, and my landlady um, sees me, and she's like, hi, Mary. Hi, how have you been? I haven't seen you in a while, blah, blah, blah. I was about to walk upstairs, and then she goes. I can never forget this statement. Do you like beans? And I'm like, uh, I can eat them. Well, if your parents ever told you to eat beans so you can grow tall, you can understand. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can, I can eat them. And she, and she goes, okay. And then she opens up her cupboard. And she's like, oh, I have um, a lot from when I went shopping. So I'm going to give you some. I was like, okay, great. I was like, thank you, Lord. And so she starts to bring stuff out, and the next thing, she sees something else, and she brings it out, and she brings this, and she brings that. Long story short, by the time I climbed upstairs to my room, I had two big shopping bags full. And I had to go back down to grab another bag. And when I went back upstairs, I just knelt down, and I just thanked God. And I was like, in ways that I couldn't have imagined, you've done this, right? And that's not it. That's not all. So this is where you know for a fact that God has a sense of humor. By the time everything was said and done, right? By my next paycheck, when my next paycheck hit my hands, I still had the $7 in my hands. 
Now, during those two weeks between the first, the initial paycheck and the last one, I'd eaten out twice, I'd gone for a concert, I'd lived life in ways that I didn't even expect. One of my friends called me up, hey, Mary, um, we're going out to eat at so-and-so place. And I'm like, dude, I can't afford it. And she's like, I'm not asking you to pay. I was like, well, I don't think. She's like, don't give me any excuses. You're always at church or in school. So you're coming out with us. I was like, well, okay, if you're paying. And she paid. And it was stuff like that, things like that happening. So I lived in those two weeks in ways that I couldn't have even afforded if I had a lot of money. And by the next paycheck, I still had the $7 in my hand. And that was when God told me, I am your source. And you will draw from me. I am your source. But then why wasn't I able to believe God the way that I believed my earthly father? And so that's the question I'm posing to us as well. Why aren't we able to believe God the way we believe people, earthly people around us? This is not a, by the way, just, just so you know, just for clarification, this is not a message about tithing. This is a message about the faithfulness of God. Because after that experience with God, I knew for a fact that as, as well as I knew that my name was Mary, God was good and God was faithful. If he said it, he was going to do it. This is a God who hangs the sun on the strength of his word. Literally, the sun is hanging on the strength of God's word because God said let there be light and created a greater light and created a lesser light for the night and that sun remains till today and continues to burn just because he said it so if he tells me I'm gonna do this in your life why should I think otherwise and that's that's the that's the um, confidence that I have in God and that's the encouragement I bring to you today that you will have the same confidence in God so you're probably wondering, how would you tell me to have that same confidence in God? How do I have that same confidence in God? It's simple. It's faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. That is how we are able to connect with God. I haven't seen it yet, but you said it, and I believe it, and I know that you will do it. And it's, it's possible that you're probably thinking, well, but you don't know my situation right now. I'm in the worst place ever. I've never been this, this, this downtrodden. I've never felt like this. Well, maybe I don't understand how you're feeling. Maybe I don't know all the things that you've had to deal with. But I do know somebody in the Bible, a prophet Jeremiah, if anybody has ever heard of him. He's <laughs> one of the funniest prophets. Because God told him, do this, he'd go say it, and then it wouldn't happen. And he comes back to God and he's like, God, but you told me to do this. And um, a culmination of all of that is really in Lamentations 3. If you do have time, you should read the whole chapter. So from 1 to about verse 22, 24, thereabouts. But I'll just read a few. So in that chapter, he talks about how God has really dealt with him. And he is very graphic about how he feels and what he thinks that God is doing to him but this is what gives me hope and this is what I pray gives you hope in Lamentations 3 from verse 19 to 24 he says the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss yet I still dare to hope when I remember this the faithful love of the Lord never ends his mercies never cease. 
Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. And that's the encouragement I'm bringing to everyone. You will hope in God. And you will hold on to his faithfulness because they are renewed every morning. So for someone who's here thinking, well, you're saying all these nice things, but currently I'm a victim of my sins. Or I have done certain things and I know that I'm suffering the consequences of my actions. I want to invite you to a God whose mercies never cease. His mercies never cease. He is able to forgive you. He is able to forgive you and reinstate you and help you experience this love and this faithfulness. His faithfulness is accessible to everyone. All you need to do, let's say you're not like me, who had a specific word that said, I will take care of you. All you need to do is go into the word of God. That's the Bible. Open it up. What am I dealing with today? Oh, I'm not feeling too well. What is the Bible saying about healing? What is the Bible saying about my health? What is God saying about my finances? What is God saying about my marriage? Find a word that anchors what you're looking for and hold on to it and believe God through everything and know that he is faithful to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could think ask or imagine imagine that so basically this is what i do with that scripture god said above what i could think ask or imagine so i go for the biggest thing ever because i'm like okay because now you're just gonna have to top this right and i love that my um my father-in-law he normally sends us um short messages every day and i think it was uh, a week ago or two weeks ago this is one of the messages that talked about the amount that you can access God is the amount that you can think in your mind. Like you have to open up your mind to, to believe that God can do that much and God will do it and even blow your mind. So that's the encouragement I have for everyone. If you're thinking, well, I don't have anything to hold on to, visit the word of God, hold on to it, believe that he can do it. Increase your mind, increase the ability of your mind. And whatever you're thinking, whatever you're believing God for, God will do exceedingly, abundantly, and even more in Jesus' name. All right, so my prayer for everyone here is that as we leave today, even this week, we will hold on to the faithfulness of God. We will see that God is faithful. And at the end of the week, we will all have testimonies of what God has done in our lives. All right? So if you don't mind, I just want us to take the next few minutes to just respond to this word that we've heard. So it might be a prayer. It might be you pondering on how God has been faithful and just thanking him faithfulness. All right. So I just want you to use the next two minutes or so and just respond to the word. Pray, thank God, whatever it is. And we'll just think, you know, during that process and we'll just have a little atmosphere of worship while we respond to the word. Is that okay? All right. You have led me through the fire 
you were close like no other known you as a father have known you as a friend and i have lived in the goodness of god because you have been faithful thank you because you remain faithful even in our unfaithfulness you never waver father we are grateful we are grateful because you remain faithful you're a constant and you do not change father we are grateful because there is no situation that is harder or too hard for you to handle there is no situation that is too hard for you to handle there is no sickness that you cannot heal there is no marriage that you cannot mend there is no situation that you cannot fix there is no mental health issue that you cannot change lord we are grateful because your faithfulness remains and your mercy is ever 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 present every morning every morning it is renewed every morning we get a fresh batch of your faithfulness a fresh batch of your mercies lord we are grateful lord we are grateful and as we move into this week lord jesus we hold on to your faithfulness we believe in your faithfulness we believe for your faithfulness and we hold on in faith and believe that everything you've said about us will come to pass 
even in our lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for it's in your mighty name that we have prayed. Amen. Great job, Mary. Thank you so much. His love endures forever. God is so faithful. Even when we don't see it, even when we can't hear it, He is there. He is faithful and His love endures forever. Amen. Uh, there was one thing I forgot to mention earlier, which was that we have an Alpha course starting. So this starts September 19th. So you've got four weeks to invite your friends. Uh, in the team have done so great doing the Alpha courses recently. Such uh, great conversations, such great fruit coming out of it. I cannot recommend it highly enough that you invite your non-Christian friends, your questioning friends. Suggest that you go with them. It starts, it's going to be, um, it's going to be 11 Sunday evenings at the Lifehouse Center in person. Uh, starting September 19th. So have a think about who you're going to invite, um, who you're going to go along with. It's going to be amazing. I really recommend going. Um, you might have noticed that James isn't here today. He's at uh, the Waterloo Church this morning preaching um, and just kind of building a relationship with them. So send him some encouragement. Just drop him a text. Say, hey, James, I'm sure you had a great time at Waterloo. Just uh, let's build him up as well as he builds that community and builds our relationship with that Waterloo Church as well. Um, that's it. So again, thank you so much for coming down. Thanks everyone for being part of it. If you haven't already done so, we would love to um, get your details so we can reach out to you guys um, and build that relationship. One other thing is that we have been asked that we leave quickly. Um, so if you want to stay and chat, please do that outside because um, the cinema want to do their thing and get on in it, get on with uh, whatever they do. So uh, Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. You are great. We'll see you here again next week. Bye-bye.